Thanks for joining us here on LJN Radio. I'm Tim Muma, and this is Job Search Guide, your detailed path to landing that next great position. On this episode, we're focusing on strategic networking and utilizing your connections effectively, also focusing a little bit more on that brand image. So to do this, we're welcoming back Mike Perry. He's the president of Zarka Financial, as well as an individual with 30 years of experience as a hiring manager. So clearly, he knows what it takes to snag that new job. Mike, thanks for joining us once again. Thanks, Tim. Appreciate it. Yeah. Now we're going to touch on a topic that is uh, all over the place, of course, and we talk about it quite frequently in our webinars and with our job seekers, and that's networking. But in having you on with your experience, I want to get your take on exactly how you would define or describe networking. Well, networking, and, and I'd like your listeners to think about it this way, networking is marketing. Hmm. When you really come down to it, it is the way, the ways is more uh, accurate, Networking includes all the ways that you, all the channels that you use to deliver the message about you. And frankly, that message is basically, why should I refer you to a decision maker? Why should I, who see something about you or hear something about you, be interested enough to reach out to poach you from a current employer? Why should I, when I see your LinkedIn profile, which is part of networking, Mm -hmm. Why should I get excited about you? Think of it as this. Networking is not just going into a crowded room and shaking a bunch of hands. Right. Networking is, is the layering of channels to market your message, to spread your message about you. It's your value proposition delivered in different channels. So part of that is social media. Part of it is just the person-to-person shaking hands, networking breakfast or lunch. Part of it is your references that speak about you. It is a layering effect. And in any marketing, and anybody who's taken a marketing class knows this, it's all about repetition of a message so that the viewer, the listener, finally picks up the phone, gets excited, hears enough about the message to say, hey, I want to buy that product. I want to go see that restaurant. I want to get that service. In this case, Tim, if I'm a job seeker, what am I selling? I'm selling my value to you and why you should be excited about the thought of bringing me on board. So it's a layering effect. And I think you and I are going to talk about certain aspects of that today. Yeah, we'll definitely get into some details. You mentioned there, obviously, I think that would help a lot of our listeners who always have concerns over, I don't know how to talk about myself. I don't know how to phrase this or that. Do you have any suggestions for them to sort of get over that idea? And as you say, kind of readjust the thinking and and understand the value someone has? Because I know, especially in the Midwest here, not to stereotype, but there's a lot of feeling of, well, I can't brag about myself. I can't do that. That That's not right. So how do you get past that? I hear that all the time. I really do. People just say, well, when when I ask them, well, and they tell me, oh, I was first at this or whatever. And I look at their resume and I go, well, where is that in here? And I get that answer. Well, I didn't want to brag. Or, you know, my dad told me I should never brag about myself. <laughs> hey, you, you have to, but you do it in a professional manner. And basically, again, what you're doing is, and there's two parts to this. If you just start telling me all the things you think are great about yourself or strong, Tim, I've been working since I've been 22. So I've been working for 38 years. Mm-hmm. I could talk to you for an awful long time. That's not a good networking approach. I should already have a plan that if I want a, a job in, as a project manager in a certain type of company, I should have done a lot of research about the industry, that type of company, similar employers, and found what types of key skills and strengths and traits, personality traits, 
that they want to be not only a great a match for their culture of their companies, but also the kind of skills they want. They may only want a core group of five or six skills. I might have 50 skills. Right. If I start networking with you and trying to download how great I am with 50 things, <laughs> am I going to bore you to death? The approach should be this. I know I want to be a project manager for a, a medium-sized manufacturer, and they want you know team leadership, communication, attention to detail, Six Sigma, you know whatever. Okay, then that's what my story has to revolve around. Mm -hmm. My value proposition has to be very focused on those key points that I know will attract or be attractive to decision makers in that industry. So whether I want you to refer me to your friend or relative who's a decision maker or you're the decision maker. You need to come away from that going, wow, this individual I just met or read about is really focused on the key skills and traits we want. We, we need to talk more. And that's how people get over that. I think a lot of people just don't know how to start the conversation right? because they feel they have so much to say. Focus it, be concise. Your conversations will be far more effective. Well, let's jump into that idea of being targeted, because obviously, as you brought up there, it's a very important aspect to it. And you mentioned LinkedIn, but you brought up something even more specific with LinkedIn prior to the show. Please feel free to fill in our listeners on what that is and why this tool itself can be so effective. Well, there's a tool which a lot of people I find all the time. I mean, I, I, I probably do 60 or 80 presentations a year to job seekers groups and corporate outplacement firms. And they, I constantly ask this question, who has used the advanced people search function on LinkedIn. And if I'm talking to the other night, I talked to 50 people, two people raised their hand. Oh, wow. That's not a good percentage. No, Jim. no. <laughs> so here's what it is. Let's say, and where I live, Cleveland, one of the largest, I think the largest employer here is the Cleveland Clinic. Most people have heard of it, but it's a large health organization. Mm -hmm. Well, if I go on LinkedIn and I just put in Cleveland Clinic, I might get Kids that say 40,000 people who work at the Cleveland Clinic have a LinkedIn profile. That doesn't do me any good. If I put Cleveland Clinic in Cleveland, Ohio, I might get 20-some thousand. But right. let's say I want to work in the HR department there. If I filter it, and that's what the advanced people search tool allows you to do, it drops a filter tool on the left side of your screen. And I can put Cleveland Clinic, Cleveland, Ohio and put you know, HR, marketing, whatever. And now it tells me there's 15 or 16 employees in the HR department. Hey, now, Tim, here's where the tool becomes powerful. I can look at all those profiles and say, these were all ideal candidates at some point to a hiring manager at the Cleveland Clinic's HR department in Cleveland, Ohio, where I want to work. Shouldn't I look like these people? What do they have in common? What is their background? If they all have PhDs and I don't, maybe they're not going to consider me an ideal candidate. Hmm. Where did they go to school? You can go one more level to that and say, hey, there's this Mike Perry guy. He appears to be the HR manager. He's been there six years. Tim, as you know, you can find all this out by reading my profile. <laughs> so if I'm there six years, pay particular attention to everyone in that department who was there six years or less, because I hired them. Ah. And if I hired those people, you're going to get a real great snapshot of who I'm picking, what they look like, what their background is. That's really powerful stuff. And virtually no one 
goes and looks at that information. They go into these interviews blind. Mm -hmm. That stuff is, as they say, you can do it in the privacy of your own home. It's at your fingertips. Right. And virtually no one uses that tool. That Yeah, that is a great function, as you mentioned there. And just the example you give, I love the idea that if this person has been there making these hires for X amount of years, you can really get that image of what exactly he or she is looking for. I think that's a tremendous piece of advice for our listeners out there. With LinkedIn, obviously, a lot of people recognize it as being a great place for networking professionally. As you talked about, you're also still kind of looking at yourself as a brand and selling yourself. What is your feeling with other formats of social media? Do you see them as valuable? Do you have to be more cautious with them? What's kind of your overall take? I think they are very valuable. And here's why. And here, much like the LinkedIn tip, here's something that most people don't even think of doing. Let's, you can do a couple of things because, again, we, we've talked, you and I have talked about this before. I've got to sell the value. I've got to give you the impression that I really know my stuff, not because I said it on a resume. Right but because I'm demonstrating it. So social media allows me to do that. If I tweet something, or even if I'm tweeting a link to something, if it looks like, hey, this guy really understands the industry, he really understands our problems, his tweets or his links to these articles are really terrific. What he posts on LinkedIn, really industry-specific stuff, boy, he really understands the issues of the industry, and he's offering up solutions. That's a pretty smart guy. Boy, I liked him on my team. I read a story a few years ago in the Wall Street Journal where somebody followed a blog and that person started making comments on the blog art, blog postings. He was then recognized as the story went. He was then became recognized in that community, this IT community, for being a real thought leader. Well, the guy who wrote the blog writes a, story, writes a post one day that says, well, in the next couple of years, I'm going to create five divisions across the country. And, you know, here's some kind of blue sky and stuff. Right. This gentleman who'd been commenting reached out to the author and said, hey, why don't you fly me out to your uh, location? Let's talk about making me your first division manager <laughs> and I'll help you fill this thing out and hire the other three as, or hire the other four. As the story went in the journal, a few weeks later, this guy was a senior level VP and a division manager. He got himself an interview because he followed a blog and he got out there and was recognized as a thought leader in that area. Nice. It's so easy to do. Yeah. You can write your own blog, Tim. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it really isn't that hard. Everything is templated today. It's very easy to do. And you, again, can be out there and people can start to follow you. It's amazing with social media, how quickly you can get your brand message out there. Again, you, you, you can't write one blog posting and never write it again. <laughs> you have to be all in. You got to commit to doing it. But if you do, sure. I read stories all the time about people who are doing this kind of thing and people are either reaching out to them or they're quickly getting recognized and getting pulled in for job opportunities. It really is fascinating uh, just with the technology and the reach that you can have to so many individuals. I think what you're talking about is is perfect. And just to have that story, I mean, who would have thought, who would have thought 20 years ago, you could be reading something online and eventually just get a job out of it. And Well, um, create, uh, create your own opportunity, right. basically. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Along those lines, uh, you know, we always talk about referrals still become, um, you know, huge in terms of getting that interview, which ultimately obviously lends you that job. So when we're talking about references, what's important for people to remember if they are going to utilize someone to be a reference for them? 
Well, let's assume for sake of, uh, of your question in this conversation that every HR department, every hiring manager who does their due diligence, right. whether you're Google, Yahoo, General Motors, or Zarka Financial, <laughs> that, that, you're do, that you're calling references and you're doing some sort of in-depth interview with the reference, not just, hey, what about Mike? Unfortunately, Tim, what most references, they come across like this. Hey, Mike's a great guy. I really like talking to Mike. You know, he's a good worker. He seemed to work really hard. Uh, sorry, he's gone. <laughs> and, and unfortunately, that's what most references are like, and that's what recommendations in LinkedIn look like. Mm-hmm. Well, here's what you really should do to be strategic. Let's say, for instance, that you were, you, you know, go back to my example about project manager. You need leadership, communication, you know, team building, attention to detail. I'm going to call Tim and say, hey, Tim, remember, that I want you to be a reference. Mike, glad to do it. Tim, here, here it is. Remember that project you and I were on where I was put in charge of that really dysfunctional team and we turned it around. Mike, I remember your dynamic leadership pulled everybody together. We got the job done in half the time and, and, and we all got bonuses because of your leadership. Tim, could you focus on that when the hiring manager calls to do a reference instead of Mike's a great guy? So right. Tim, you go from very generic blah, blah garbage to very focused value statements coming from the reference. And so I go to my references and say, I want you to talk about this skill or this trait. Hey, I'd like you to talk specifically about this skill or that trait. And now you're, the people doing their due diligence call your references and get very focused, very concise and detailed stories that basically are more the star story, like you would hear in a behavioral interview. And, and that's really going to get somebody to go, wow. I mean, how specific this individual witnessed Mike doing this versus Mm -hmm. Mike's a great guy. Most people, Tim, admit they do not. The other night I said, raise your hand. How many of you have actually done this with your reference? Not one of the people in that room of 50 raised their hand. Not one. Ouch. (laughs) So that means if I call their references, I might stumble on somebody who might give me a decent story. But my guess is I'd get a lot of Mike's a great guy. That doesn't do anything for me, Tim. That doesn't make me think... I'm going to be a genius for hiring this person, but a very focused story about their accomplishments and why they were dynamic and recognized by leadership. Wow. Now I'm getting excited about hiring this person. Yeah. Uh, And again, you've kind of kept that consistent message of really being in control of what, how you're seen, because uh, whether it's online or it's in this kind of reference or referral area, if you can control that message, as you said, it can be a lot more powerful than just, yeah, Mike is a great guy, but so are everyone else pretty much. So so are a hundred million other right, people. Exactly. But what makes so you what? stand out? Right. Yeah. So what? Yeah. Again, Mike, it's been a pleasure. We're getting up against the clock. I wanted to give you the floor at the end and talking about strategic networking. What would you want to leave the listeners with that you think is important for them to keep in mind or to emphasize as they move forward? I think the critical thing you have to always think about when you, when you prepare yourself is, let's say, for instance, don't go in with the, the, it's quality versus quantity. Don't go into a crowded room and walk out and say, I had a great networking event because I worked the room and shook 50 hands. But you know nobody. Go in and have three conversations and start to develop relationships because the more they get to know you, the easier it is for them to refer you to the decision makers that you are focusing on quality versus quantity, and with a, with a very concise, very powerful and effective value proposition that you can give to them that they can pass along. That's easy 
to pass along. Don't make your message complicated, simple and complete. And if everybody probably remembers this last statement from the Jerry Maguire movie, help me help you. (laughs) And that is the bottom line of networking, no matter whether it's digital or verbal. Help me help you. You want me to refer you, help me do so, help me be proud to do so. So that's how I'll leave that today. Very well said. And yes, a good place to end this conversation. Mike, thanks again for coming on, sharing all your insight with us. Thank you so much, Tim. Take care. That will wrap up this edition of Job Search Guide and our conversation around strategic networking and specifically talking about having that brand of yourself online and in person. To do that, we were talking with Mike Perry. Once again, he is the president of Zarka Financial and 30 years of experience as a hiring manager, definitely given him some nice insight to share with us today. If you'd like to get in touch with us about this show or any others, send us an email, ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. You can also send us a message on Twitter at the LJN. Once again, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Take care, everybody.